Hi, this is Roy Jones with Man Talk Radio Podcast. Our mission is to break down the walls of race and denomination. Your chosen Truth Radio broadcast will be starting in just a few seconds. Thank you. This is the Truth Network. Get ready. It's one of America's most important, influential, and respected voices on cultural and political issues. An apologist, Christian political advocate, and author, here is the founder and chairman of the Citizens for America Foundation, Dr. Chris Hughes. The Second Amendment, in my opinion, is one of the most important amendments in the United States Constitution. But we are being attacked on every front, every single day in the United States of America for the simple right to own and bear arms, a right that we are guaranteed under the Constitution of the United States. We're going to jump into this issue today, so if you're a gun owner or maybe you're a gun hater, well, go ahead and, and get upset and send me emails today because we're taking a stand on the Constitution, and we're going to talk about constitutional carry, maybe red flag laws, and so many other issues going on in the United States of America today. Before we get started, I want to thank Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary for being the home of the Christian Perspective Studios here in beautiful Memphis, Tennessee. We get to record in a beautiful place each and every day. And if you're looking for a place to send your kids to college, I recommend the College at Mid-America, where they'll get a strong uh, uh, biblical worldview education, but also they're great at whatever topic your student is studying and, and uh, trying to learn about or, or whatever their major is going to be. Maybe you've already been to college. You think, you know what, I'd like to learn more about the Bible. Well, the Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary is the place for you. I encourage you to check them out at mabts.com, or edu, I'm sorry, mabts.edu. Check them out, mabts.edu, that's Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. And you can learn more about the programs they have. They have a great online program, so you can learn without even having to leave uh, your home or your office and study right there where you are. And, of course, we want to thank the Citizens for America Foundation. They make this show possible. At Citizens for America, our job is to educate and train Christians to develop a biblical worldview. And then we want you to take that biblical worldview in every arena of life, but specifically in the arena of public policy and politics. And, and we're going to talk about this several times throughout the show today, but I want to encourage you to go to citizensforamericafoundation.com. That's citizensforamericafoundation.com, and learn about the great 2022 Culture Engagement Summit. It's coming up on April 30th in Memphis, Tennessee. It's the largest gathering of Christian political activists of its kind in the nation. It's a one-day event, Saturday, and Christians from across the nation will come to hear some of the best speakers in the nation in the arena of politics and on God's Word. And we're trying to encourage our guest today to be uh, one of the people that's at that conference. And I'm so excited to have with me today Jordan Stein. Jordan Stein is the Southeast Regional Director and the State and Local Affairs Director and the National Spokesperson for Gun Owners of America. And I know you've probably heard of the National Rifle Association or NRA. You may not be as familiar with Gun Owners of America, but you need to be because they are staunch defenders of the Second Amendment and we're going to talk more detail today about why they're such a great organization. But, Jordan, thank you for joining us today on The Christian Perspective. Well, Chris, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to connect with you. Those of you may recall, we had Jordan on back before we started the national show. He was on our podcast, uh, I don't know, several months ago, late last year. And we haven't had the chance to have him on since we started the national radio show. And, Jordan, it's just an honor to have you here because, to me, I'm a big gun supporter. 
And I know that's a negative issue in the country right now. I'm a life member, so I'll go ahead and give you a plug. I'm a life member of Gun Owners of America. Uh, I believe in your organization. I've been a member for many years, and I, I appreciate the work you all do in the legislative field and to protect my rights as a citizen of the United States uh, to defend the Second Amendment. But before we talk about gun rights, um, I always like for our, our audience to get to know our guests kind of on a personal level. I know you went to Liberty University, but tell us a little bit about you and your family and where you're from just so they can kind of get to know Jordan. Sure. Well, I grew up in central North Carolina, and, uh, you know, I I grew up shooting guns like most people in the country do, um, you know, and uh, I uh, you know, kind of got political uh, my senior year of of high school, and that, you know, that was with the, the 2012 election, and then sadly about that same time the, the Sandy Hook shooting happened, and you know, just kind of a, a guy who was interested in guns kind of saw, you know, really got exposed to gun control for, for the first time or, or that topic. And I was like, it just didn't sit right with me. I'm like, you know, they're trying to punish all the good guys for, you know, the actions of one madman, and I got to do something about this. So I kind of became, you know, I, I really got into politics and, and you know, and kind of combined my love of politics and guns kind of into the same niche. And, um, and then I went to the college at Liberty University. And when I got to, to campus, I was like, I want to join the gun rights club. And come to find out, there wasn't any, you know, no two-way club on campus. So I'm like, well, I'll start one. And, <laughs> and kind of, I like to say the rest is history, but we, we started that club on Liberty. And if you know anything about Liberty, it's a Christian school. It's pretty conservative. Uh, in fact, they had a, a, a carry policy on campus, which was crazy at the time. Not many schools had it. And it was good, but not perfect. Um, so one of the, kind of the goals of the club was to change the policy. The, the one thing we didn't like about it is there was technically a gun-free zone in your dorm. Um, you couldn't carry it in your dorm, which is kind of silly because, you know, you, you carry around your gun all, all day on campus as a lawful carrier. Um, but when you got to your home, your castle, where you live, you, you're, you're disarmed. You had to either had to check your gun in with the, with the, well, with the police, which is a pain, or you had to keep it in your car, which a lot of people just don't like to do. So we made a bunch of noise and racket about it, and uh, we actually helped guide the administration to change the policy so you could store your gun in your, uh, in your dorm. And your roommate had to agree, and at university actually provided a, a safe for you as well for safe storage. So we, we thought that was an acceptable policy. And as so we, you know, like to imagine we helped uh, guide the administration to that and made some, made some, uh, some progress with that and got rid of the gun-free zone that was on campus. Really well, proud of that. I remember when Liberty did that, uh, you know, a few years ago when it was really controversial across the country. It made national news. But so was that like an open carry or concealed carry? So basically they said, uh, what, that any student could carry a gun both open and concealed, or, or what exactly was the regulation? So uh, for campus, you had to be 21 years old because that's the age of carry. That's when you can carry a concealed firearm in Virginia. So you had to be that, and you had to have a, uh, a Virginia uh, concealed handgun permit, um, 
at 21. So, you know, 21 years of age knocks out pretty much three-fourths of college students, right? Because, you know, you know, your freshmen, sophomores, and juniors typically are not 21. So typically it's only your senior students. And you also had to have what we, you know, colloquially call like an LUPD permit. So you had to go through further training um, by the uh, Liberty University Police Department and get the LUPD permit as well. So not only did you have your liberty, your your normal permit to carry in public, you also had to have extra, an additional permit from the university. So it wasn't um, it wasn't open carry, right? Just concealed carry. Correct. It was it was just concealed carry on campus. And, and Jordan, that's not really the way the media protected. They made it sound like it was the Wild West. What you're describing is really one of the safest scenarios there can be because you're meeting an age requirement, but you're going through two different levels of training before you could have concealed carry. And I know back then they made it sound like everyone was going to be shot on Liberty Council, uh, Liberty Campus. I don't think there was ever, to my knowledge, a case of anybody shooting anybody mistake or problem because these were well-trained people who were carrying firearms. You're exactly right. I'm not aware of any you know, misuse of firearms on campus. The thing about it is Liberty was consistently ranked as one of the safest schools in the country, and I, I like to attribute that largely to our carry policy. When I knew that my fellow students were armed and I wasn't sitting in a gun-free zone, especially as an underclassman before I could carry, I was much happier, and, and it gave me a lot of peace of mind on campus. Yeah, I bet it did. But you mentioned something called two-way clubs or gun rights clubs. Uh, I've not heard of those. Are, are they on campuses across the country, or is Liberty the only place that has one of those? Well, my club was certainly unique, but it was called Students at Liberty for Gun Rights, and I hate the name, but the student government gave it that name because government bodies, right, just have to make everything bad. But GOA, my employer, now actually is launching very soon a student program, actually. It's called Frontlines, and it will kind of, from my understanding, kind of mirror what I did with my club, and kind of be a gun rights organization on the college campus. So that, that's coming very soon. I think it's going to be launched uh, probably next month, and we're really excited about that program. I, I think that's a great idea, you know, because the, the liberals uh, for many years and, and the leftists have done a great job of indoctrinating uh, both high school and college students, and we have just kind of given up the turf particularly on college campuses as you know, Christians and conservatives, and let them do all these things on campus. And we've not had alternatives for our students. And there's not been a home, uh, you know, whether it's pro-life or Second Amendment or whatever the other issues might be. And I know there's groups like Students for Life now out there, or, and certainly our, our sister organization at Citizens for America is called Students for America Turning Point. But I did not know of any – I don't even think the NRA. I think they have a, college, a high school program, but – I don't know of any program in college. So that is, I think you guys are filling a niche in an area that is not filled and is really needed because if we can, uh, one, it's going to make college campuses safer, period. I mean, I don't, I don't care what the liberal left says. When, when people are carrying guns legally, you hardly ever see any crimes taking place in those areas. Or if they do, they, they don't last very long. So that's going to make our college campuses safer, but it also is going to train up a whole new generation of leaders who understand the importance of the Second Amendment and, and uh, defending those liberties. So I'm excited for this program. You think it's going to probably begin by the fall of this year? I think it's going to be sooner than that. I would be looking out in April. 
it's oh, coming very great. soon. I'm looking forward to that. Folks, I'm talking to Josh Stein with Gun Owners of America today. We're going to be talking about the Second Amendment. We've been talking a little bit about his life, and I got him off on a rapid trail. He was telling us about his college experience. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Josh Stein of Gun Owners of America. Stick around. We'll be right back. This show is brought to you by Generous Joe's, the coffee company with the Christian perspective. This is the answer that Christians and conservatives have been looking for. A coffee company that gives back to causes you care about. Order your coffee today at shopgenerousjoes.org and even subscribe to a subscription coffee plan and never forget the coffee you love or the causes you care about. Walk in the footsteps of Jesus and see the Bible come to life. This December, join nationally syndicated radio host and founder of the Citizens for America Foundation, Dr. Chris Hughes, on a life-changing trip to Israel. It's one of the world's oldest and most fascinating travel destinations, luring the faithful from all over the world for thousands of years. Visit Jerusalem's religious quarters and explore Christianity's most treasured religious sites, like the Wailing Wall, the Dome of the Rock, and the Via Dolorosa. Walk with Chris through the winding alleyways of Nazareth's old city and visit ancient Bethlehem, the place of our Savior's birth. Float in the Dead Sea, visit the Sea of Galilee and the Jewish fortress of Masada. See firsthand where the events of the Bible took place. Touring Israel with Dr. Chris Hughes is a travel odyssey like no other. Visit citizensforamericafoundation.com and get ready for an unforgettable trip and memories that will last a lifetime. Do you desire to build family relationships that stand the test of time? Does creating a godly family seem like a daunting challenge? You're not alone. I'm Connie Albers, author of Parenting Beyond the Rules and host of Equipped to Be. As a mother of five, I understand your struggles. For 35 years, I have been helping families just like yours build lasting relationships. I'd like to invite you to tune in to Equipped to Be and visit ConnieAlbers.com where I share useful tips and proven strategies to help you navigate the seasons of motherhood, faith, and life with confidence and joy. History was made on today's date. Stay tuned for an American Minute with Bill Federer. The Greatest Show on Earth was a gigantic success, owned by American showman P.T. Barnum, who died this day, April 7, 1891. His biggest draw, selling 20 million tickets, was General Tom Thumb, a man only 25 inches tall. They were received by President Lincoln and performed for Queen Victoria. The circus not being open on Sundays, Barnum let his Great Roman Hippodrome in New York be used by D.L. Moody for major evangelistic campaigns. P.T. Barnum stated, Most persons on the whole are humbugged by believing too little than by believing too much. This has been an American Minute with Bill Federer. For a free transcript, call American Minute at 1-888-USA-WORD. Welcome back to Christian Perspectives. This is Chris Hughes. My guest today is Josh Stein. Josh is with Gun Owners of America. You've probably heard of the National Rifle Association, but Gun Owners of America is, I think, even a more conservative uh, group than, than, and I have nothing against, I'm a life member of both organizations, so and my NRA friends don't get worked up. I love the NRA, too. They're two great organizations that are fighting for many of the same things uh, and protecting our liberties in the United States of America today. 
Josh was sharing with us before the break about how he got interested in guns in a political sense, really, when he was a senior in high school because there were some shootings around the country. And, you know, anytime shootings are a terrible thing, for whatever reason, anytime there is a shooting, instead of worrying about the criminals who are the ones using the guns, the liberal left always wants to attack the inanimate object of a gun who cannot shoot anybody on its own. You know, it is the shooter, not the gun that is causing the problem. And because of that, Josh got uh, interested in the issue and, and started a club called Students at Liberty for Gun Rights. And we were just talking about a new program that uh, in about a month or so that Gun Owners of America is going to roll out in college campuses across the country. So I'm excited about that. Anyway, I interrupted you. You were talking about your high school and college experience. And somewhere along the line, you met what you were telling me is now the most wonderful wife in the world. So tell us Tell us more about your story, Josh. Well, you know, my, my lovely bride, Megan, uh, I did meet her at Liberty, and uh, it was my last class that we were taking, and we just kind of met eyes across the classroom and started getting lunch after, after class and everything, and, you know, we kind of grew up in, in similar fashions and everything and we started dating and of course you know how things go and we got married actually we just celebrated three years of marriage just a couple weeks she's put up with me that long and i'm just so blessed to have her and she's just incredible in fact she actually works for goa as well as our administration director so you know she really was she interested in guns before you and did she carry a gun on campus at liberty she had some interest in guns but i think it kind of increased with me um and she likes to joke that i'm the first guy who actually took her shooting you know growing up all these guys would say yeah i'll take you shooting but they never did i was the first guy who followed through maybe that's how i got her to marry me i don't know but uh she she definitely packs heat now and i i'll tell you she is a deadly shot you don't want to get on the wrong side of her because she knows what she's doing behind a trigger (laughs) that's funny well, I'm, I'm glad it worked for y'all. I guess that shows that the couple shoots together stays together. So, uh, congratulations on your on your three year anniversary. Well, Jordan, when you when you got out of college, is that when you started working for? How, how did you learn about uh, Gun Owners of America and get started with them? So, perfect segue to to finish the story. Part of the club, I was reaching out for for guest speakers, and I reached out to all the gun rights groups. And one of the groups that replied was GOA. And, you know, I wanted, I wanted a guest speaker, and we had Eric, Eric Pratt. He's our senior vice president, our chief spokesperson, kind of the, the figurehead of GOA. He, he was like, yeah, I'll come down and speak. And uh, he came down to our event, and he was impressed by it. And, and I asked, hey, do you, like, have any internships uh, in the summertime? They're like, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we can hook you up with something. So that following uh, summer, I started interning for GOA, and kind of the rest is history. I've been working for GOA in various capacities since I, you know, before I graduated college, really. And, um, you know, I, I've loved every, every second of it. And, you know, what I love about GOA is, is our perspective, is, you know, we're, we're no compromise when it comes to the Second Amendment. And that means we don't, we don't make deals and, and concessions on our rights. And, you know, we, we don't say, we'll give you this for that. Because oftentimes, you look at the history of, of gun control, we've, oh, we've only lost when compromises have been done. We haven't got anything back. Um, and so that's why we take a firm, no compromise stance. But, but also our, our perspective of wanting to work ourselves out of a job, right? We, we believe an organization like GOA shouldn't have to exist because 
our right to keep and bear arms should be so secure, it shouldn't even be a thought to uh, regulate our, our arms. But sadly, that's the case, and we have you know, Democrats and sadly Republicans, too, that want to infringe upon our rights. And that's what we do. We hold the line. We hold them to the standard of shall not be infringed, and we fight for the Second Amendment. And, Chris, I'm so glad you're a life member. We're so appreciative of that because our power is in the grassroots. It's, it's our life members. It's our patriot members. It's our annual members. It's the folks who, who take action on our alerts. That's what gives us power because, again, we're not a, a wine-and-dine you know, uh, you know, we'll pay you off and, and give you cover type organization. We're a, you know, grassroots, make them feel the heat till they see the light kind of organization to where, you know, shall not be infringed is the standard, and that's what we hold you to. Do you all have a legislative side, like a, a PAC that supports candidates, or do you just we do. deal with issues? What all do you all do? We do. So we, we have GOA proper, so to speak. That's our, our C4 that advocates on policy issues and, and everything. And we do have a political victory fund, which endorses candidates. You know, I know we have some big Senate races coming up in North Carolina. I know sometimes primaries can get a little d- divisive, but uh, in North Carolina, Ted Budd was our, is our guy. I think his record on the Second Amendment is just excellent, and he would make so a you've great... you've endorsed uh, the primary then? Yes. Yes, we certainly that, have. That North Carolina race is probably going to be, I was reading just yesterday, there, there are several key Senate races in the 2022 election cycle, but that North Carolina race is supposed to be the most expensive Senate race in the history of the United States. So it's going to be interesting to see how that that race plays out. Yes, it's a big race because, you know, North Carolina's kind of a swing state. You know, we voted for Republicans and Democrats in 2020 statewide, and it's it's very purple in my opinion. So, but I think it's winnable, and I, I think you know Ted Budd's Second Amendment record is is incredible, and I think he could he could win both the primary and general elections. That's why GOA's backed him. Um, you know, looking around the country, Adam Laxalt in, in Nevada um, is is a, another Senate endorsed candidate for us. You know, if we could flip that you know that blue seat to to Laxalt, we think we'd have a, a, a champion there. Um, but you know we'll we'll make more endorsements as as uh, we get closer to primaries and and as things develop. But yeah, so we have the political victory fund. Uh, another branch of GOA is Gun Owners Foundation, which is our our legal entity, which sues the pants off the ATF <laughs> many times. Um, you know for all of their infringements. But you know that does our legal work. Um, you know back uh, in the height of the pandemic. We were suing local uh, governments and local uh, sheriffs who were shutting down gun stores or not processing permits in accordance with the law. It's our legal entity, Gun Owners Foundation is our legal entity, the C3, that you know goes around suing the pants off anti-gunners. Do you have like an educational branch for your members or their newsletters or what benefits do you provide to your members? I like to encourage our members to not overlook the no compromise representation they get in D.C. in their state capital. That's the bread and butter of what we do. So that comes with our email alerts, which are super timely, and that they keep you up to date on what's going on in D.C. or, or your state capital. We do have a newsletter, which is, you know, uh, the snail mail letter, which you know kind of keeps you up to date when what we like to include with that is, is postcards. So let's say there's a, a federal issue going on. We include postcards that you can mail to your representatives or senators 
and then you can, uh, you know, when they get the flood of, of postcards on their desk, like, oh my, I need to, I need to actually, you know, vote in accordance with the Constitution because that's what my constituents want. So that that's kind of the the grassroots approach that we have to that. You know, maybe you're listening. Why do I need to join an organization like? Uh, you know, like Gun Owners of America or, or other groups, whatever your issues are that are important to you. Well, it matters because it gives Gun Owners of America strength. When they're in uh, state capitals or in Washington, D.C., and they're pushing for various legislation, when when members of Congress or state legislatures know that they're representing millions of members, it gives them a strength because as a politician, you're always concerned and worried about voters. So if you know that a large part of your constituency supports you know, constitutional carry or open carry or whatever it may be, that's going to give strength to those uh, Gun Owners of America and other organizations where they're meeting with legislators. So it's important. Even if you, you know, you don't have to join at a high level if you can't afford it. There are lower membership levels where you can just help support the efforts of what they're doing, but it gives them the ability to have more power when they're defending your rights. So I encourage you to to check out Gun Owners of America. Jordan, what's the website? Yes, our, our website is just gunowners.org, and we do have three different levels of membership. We have your, your normal annual membership. It's 25 bucks for, for the year. That, that's what a lot of people do is just the annual membership, and it includes all the, the membership perks that I, I described. Uh, kind of the next tier, and kind of one of my favorite tiers, is uh, Patriot membership, and that's a monthly giving of, of $25 or more. And, you know, it comes out with all, all more sweeteners and bonuses that you get. Um, uh, you know, we, we do special partnerships with, with various companies, and you get, you know, exclusive perks to those organizations as, as these memberships, um, as well as uh, our other membership level is the life membership, which is what, what Chris is. And, you know, that's um, it's on the website. It's $1,000. Um, but I think that's a, a good investment in the Second Amendment. And we also have uh, monthly giving programs. If, if you're like me and couldn't afford $1,000 at once, you could give you know, $20 a month or whatever to you pay off the, the life membership. So it's all at gunowners.org. Um, all the membership benefits are there. I, I encourage everyone to go and check us out. And um, it gives the test run. If you like what you see, you know, join up again. If not, then, then move on. But I, I'll say this, GOA is only as, as powerful as our members are allowed. And, and we are really dependent upon, you know, folks taking action, you know, calling, emailing, uh, sending in the postcards, uh, showing up to your state capitol. Um, that, that's something that we encourage people to do with, with, or when there is a hearing going on, you know, for constitutional carry or whatever the program thing is, show up. Testify if you're willing. You know those things make a huge difference, and that's what we uh, enable people to do. Uh, you know, we we really, you know, make our members the armchair lobbyists, and you know, give them the power to speak up for their rights. Folks, if you're listening, we're talking to Jordan Stein with Gun Owners of America. Check them out at gunowners.org. We've got to take a quick commercial break. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're going to talk more about the Second Amendment. The United States of America has a strong Christian heritage, but most Americans don't know the truly important role that God and the Bible played in the founding of this great nation. This June, join nationally syndicated radio host and founder of the Citizens for America Foundation, Dr. Chris Hughes, for four amazing days in our nation's capital. With Chris, you'll embark on a journey of discovering the hidden secrets of Washington, D.C., 
and rediscover much of America's forgotten Christian heritage. Your tour will include an up-close and personal look at the nation's establishment and how it's evolved over the centuries. Learn about the government and the men who helped forge this new kind of republic, one that acknowledged the Creator from its very inception. Know the truth about the creation of the United States of America, about the faith of the Founding Fathers, and how Christian principles were used to establish this form of government. Visit CitizensForAmericaFoundation.com today and secure your spot to join Chris Hughes in Washington, D.C. this June. This show is brought to you by Generous Joe's, the coffee company with the Christian perspective. This is the answer that Christians and conservatives have been looking for. A coffee company that gives back to causes you care about. Order your coffee today at shopgenerousjoes.org and even subscribe to a subscription coffee plan and never forget the coffee you love or the causes you care about. The Conservative Baptist Network is a dynamic movement of Southern Baptist pastors, churches, and Christians committed to standing for the sufficiency of God's Word in the face of a culture of compromise. The passion and prayer of the Conservative Baptist Network is that God would help Southern Baptists stay bold for the gospel so that we might see revival in America and the world reached for Christ. Visit our website today at conservativebaptistnetwork.com to learn how you and your church can join and support this exciting movement. Welcome back to the Christian Perspective. This is Chris Hughes. My guest today is Jordan Stein of Gun Owners of America. You can learn more about them at gunowners.org. We were just talking about the different membership levels, and even for $25 a year, you can join any of us and skip McDonald's two or three times in a year and help support a great organization that is defending the Second Amendment every day on both state and national levels across the United States of America. Well, Jordan, what I'd like to do now is jump into the Second Amendment. A lot of people might hear what it is, but you'd be, well, you wouldn't be amazed. Probably less less than 1% of people out there listening have ever read the Constitution of the United States, Jordan. So can you tell us, for someone who doesn't know, and we're not trying to be offensive here, but we want you to understand the issue, Jordan, tell them what the Second Amendment is and, and why it's so important. Well, the Second Amendment is, is part of our Bill of Rights, and you know, you know. Hopefully, your in, your civics class went over this. I doubt it if you went to school recently, because um, of our awful public schools. But uh, you know, you know, during that, you had you had pretty much two sides of the, the debate, right? You had your Federalists, and you had your Anti-Federalists, um, and. and um, you know, during that, they argued that, you know, we might want to list some of our rights that, you know, that the government doesn't uh, infringe upon, right? Um, and, and folks on the other side of the argument will say, well, the Constitution doesn't give, right, get, give the power for the government to infringe upon that, so, so we don't need that. But I, I'm really grateful that we do have a, a Bill of Rights that, you know, lists out our freedoms, and it's not, we have more freedoms than what's listed there, but, um, you know, it, it expresses that. And the Second Amendment addresses, you know, one's right to, to keep and bear arms. And, and some uh, modern revisionists like to say that it's, it's written for a militia or it's the National Guard or, or, or anything like that. But when you look at the Second Amendment, at its text, history, and tradition, you realize that it's 
it's written for the common man. It, it, you know, back in back in those days, the the militia was the average person. You know, and it, it's written so that the average person has the right to defend themselves, not necessarily from a common criminal or or, or thug or, or home defense, even though those are, are certainly good side effects, but really from a tyrannical government. And, and that really means that citizens should be able to have access to, to firearms that uh, are, are modern and are capable of providing that said defense. You know, the anti-gunners like to demonize the, quote, AR-15 is an evil killing machine when in reality it's it's a very basic simple rifle that you know I think should be on the hearth of every American in in every house. Um, you know, really the Second Amendment enables us. It doesn't give us rights, but it enables us to have rights that um, uh, you know whatever the military is carrying to combat. You know, the, an average uh, citizen should have access to. Um, and that that's the standard of, of shall not be infringed. Um, I want to touch on another point that is so critical, and I think you'll you'll agree with this, Chris. The founders did not give us rights, right? Our rights did not come from George Washington. They they, they don't come from government because if they did, if they came from the government, then the government can take it away. But but really. Rights come from God, and and God doesn't change. So our right to defend ourselves doesn't change. It's part of our, our human nature, and and I think there's a, a very strong case for being able to defend yourself, self-defense, in the Scriptures. Um, and and I, I definitely think our founders recognized that you know our rights come from from our Creator and not from government, and that that's a big deal. It's something we emphasize very often here at GOA. Well, you know, there are a lot of examples in the Bible, Jordan, of where God uh, uh, had people arm themselves. And you know, when Nehemiah was building the wall to, uh, around the, what he was re- replenishing around Jerusalem, um, he had his men carry swords. And they didn't have guns back then. The sword was the gun of that day. But they did it to protect themselves against attack. There are even cases where Jesus told us to be armed. So it is a principle in the Bible, and you know, when people say that we should never carry guns because God wouldn't have that, there are numerous examples in the Bible where God commanded people to arm themselves. And, and I think that's the case here with the Second Amendment, is we're just trying to uh, you know, protect ourselves. So I know the liberals love to say, well, in the Constitution, they, they just intend that to be for um, uh, you know, for militias, and that's not, the, you know, as you say, that's not the way that that it was intended. So now, now that the, you know, y'all are defending the Second Amendment, and there are attacks, you know, a lot of there's some sneaky attacks, by the way, Jordan, um, and I know you're aware of this. Uh, one thing they do is they try to limit magazine capacity, and so for if you're listening and you don't understand, a semi-automatic weapon can have. Um, Basically, it's like a little box that holds bullets in it, and and that's called a magazine or a clip. And um, the liberal left has tried to say, well, you know, you can't have maybe more than three or four, or sometimes six uh, bullets uh, at a time in a magazine. Well, that's 
there's nothing in the Constitution that limited um, magazine capacity. What, what, have you all fought any wars on that, Jordan? And what's your opinion on limiting magazine capacity? We we fight this tooth and nail. And, and anyone who ever wants to to challenge, um, you know, magazine capacity is is I ask them, do you know when and where you're going to be attacked? And the answer to that is always no. Because, you, you know, you don't, I hope no one's ever attacked or assaulted or anything, but you don't know when that could happen. You don't know if it, it could be by, you know, five, you know, you know, six, five, 250 pound, you know, big guys that are, you know, could, could really overpower someone. And that's why we need as many rounds as possible to, to defend ourselves. Um, you know, sadly... Uh, more and more home invasions are not just one person breaking in, but it's we're seeing three or four uh, people breaking into homes. And you know, if if I just have ten rounds in a magazine, um, and, I, and, I, and there's three guys, and I have to take five rounds for two guys, there's still a third guy there. You know, um, I, I need as many rounds as possible to defend myself. And it, it's so sad because. You know the the anti-gunners like to demonize these these magazines as large capacity or whatever. When it's really it's just standard capacity. Like like you know the you know the Glock the the handgun I'm carrying right now as we have this conversation was designed to carry 15 rounds. That is the standard capacity of the handgun. Um, it's not a large capacity. Um, it's it's just absurd. And the the anti-gunners like to play. Uh, uh, word word games with firearms and the whole term assault weapon or whatever, uh, and they just demonize it into something that it's really not. And um, you know, we really need to have it, you know, as many rounds as possible. And really, that should be to the individual gun owner. If they if they want to carry a gun with seven rounds, that's fine. But if I want to carry a gun with fifteen, you know, because that's how I choose what I need to defend myself, I should be free to do so. Yeah, it's really a, a joke how they uh, label weapons as a military-style weapon. AR-15 is a glorified 22 rifle. I mean, I'm not saying it's not dangerous and can't do something, but it, it's not the same thing that the Navy SEALs are carrying. Uh, you know, it's, it's really kind of a joke of how, how they make that sound so scary. And, and really, uh, like you said, the Glock you're carrying, that's also a semi-automatic weapon. And more people are shot with handguns uh, than some of these other guns that they try to ban. I think they just try to get the foot in the door. If they can ban one thing, they'll go further. And they've started with mag- magazine capacity. Another battle, and I'm sure you all are probably in this one too, Jordan, is uh, they they have started taxing ammunition. And, you know, if we can't get the guns, then we will scare, you know, because we scare them every time we bring up a gun issue, is we'll just make uh, ammunition so expensive. It's the same trick they're doing with gas right now. You know, it, there's no need for our gas to be as expensive as it is. I'm not trying to drag you into that argument, but you know, we have plenty of fuel in the United States of America if we just would be allowed to access it. They're trying to force us into electric cars. Same thing with with ammunition. If they can tax ammunition so it's too expensive to buy, then your gun's no good if you don't have bullets. Are y'all involved in that battle too with the taxing of ammunition? Yes, yeah, that is another assault, and because of the crazy demand on ammo right now, 
it was already really expensive. You know, um, you know, a price of nine mil at your local uh, sporting goods store is double what it was three years ago, and so it's already ridiculously expensive. Then to tax it on top of that is just absurd. And and then the the other thing is you're you're taxing a right, which the Supreme Court's already held unconstitutional in a different matter. But you're you're putting a a a barrier in between me and bearing arms because you're making the co- the cost of purchasing the ammunition more expensive, and, and that certainly is a violation of our right to keep and bear arms, um, because our rights we should shouldn't be taxed before we exercise that, um, and that that's a grave infringement. And you know the funny thing is many states are actually moving to at least at the state level, repealed the taxes on firearms. I know in West Virginia, they, they passed a law which removed taxes on firearms. I believe Tennessee did as well. Um, so we're seeing that pop up more and more. Folks, if you're listening, we're talking to Jordan Stein of Gun Owners of America. We're talking about the Second Amendment and different attacks. Where they've done it is to attack magazine capacity and now taxing ammunition has gotten so expensive. We've got to take another commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about constitutional carry and the way that's sweeping the country right now. Stick around. A brand is a design, name, symbol, or any other feature that sets an organization or individual apart. Bringing that brand to life can be difficult, but Diggs Design is here to help you take that next step or re-energize your current situation. We can handle logos, social media graphics, cards, weddings, clothing, prints, photo editing, and much more. Give us a call today at 704-984-2432 or connect with Diggs Design on social media. In a world crowded with viewpoints and voices. Critical condition after a... I believe the message of this... Financial problem. Only one voice matters. God's. At the College at Mid-America and Mid-America Seminary, we equip leaders to think from a biblical worldview. Online or on our Memphis campus. Check out the College at Mid-America and Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary at mabts.edu and be equipped to light the way. This show is brought to you by Generous Joe's, the coffee company with the Christian perspective. This is the answer that Christians and conservatives have been looking for. A coffee company that gives back to causes you care about. Order your coffee today at shopgenerousjoes.org and even subscribe to a subscription coffee plan and never forget the coffee you love or the causes you care about. Do you desire to build family relationships that stand the test of time? Does creating a godly family seem like a daunting challenge? You're not alone. I'm Connie Albers, author of Parenting Beyond the Rules and host of Equipped to Be. As a mother of five, I understand your struggles. For 35 years, I have been helping families just like yours build lasting relationships. I'd like to invite you to tune in to Equipped to Be and visit ConnieAlbers.com where I share useful tips and proven strategies to help you navigate the seasons of motherhood, faith, and life with confidence and joy. The United States of America has a strong Christian heritage, but most Americans don't know the truly important role that God and the Bible played in the founding of this great nation. This June, join nationally syndicated radio host and founder of the Citizens for America Foundation, Dr. Chris Hughes, 
for four amazing days in our nation's capital. With Chris, you'll embark on a journey of discovering the hidden secrets of Washington, D.C. and rediscover much of America's forgotten Christian heritage. Your tour will include an up-close and personal look at the nation's establishment and how it's evolved over the centuries. Learn about the government and the men who helped forge this new kind of republic, one that acknowledged the creator from its very inception. Know the truth about the creation of the United States of America, about the faith of the Founding Fathers, and how Christian principles were used to establish this form of government. Visit citizensforamericafoundation.com today and secure your spot to join Chris Hughes in Washington, D.C. this June. Welcome back to the Christian Perspective. This is Chris Hughes, my guest today, Jordan Stein with Gun Owners of America, and you can learn more about them at gunowners.org. We're talking about the Second Amendment and the work, the great work that Gun Owners of America is doing across the country. Unlike some other gun organizations, they have a no-compromise position, meaning they will not cut deals on legislation. Whatever the convictions of their members are and, and, uh, and their legislative position, they will not cut any deals it's an all-or-nothing situation because you cannot cut deals with the liberal left. It has never, ever worked for us. Well, Jordan, in this last segment, I'd like us to talk about uh, constitutional carry, uh, maybe explain what that is because it's a wave that's sweeping the country, and tell us what's going on there. So constitutional carry is the simple idea that one should be able to carry a firearm as a matter of right, right? If someone is a lawful citizen, if they can own a firearm, they should be able to carry a firearm without having to go through uh, multiple hoops uh, or paying fees and taxes and going through, uh, you know, classes and seminars, which sometimes can be really onerous uh, to, to, you know, to, get, to seek government permission, essentially, before... Uh, carrying the farm. It, it would be analogous to a pastor having to go through an English class before he could preach to his congregation, essentially exercising the First Amendment rights. So, you know, GOA, we're the original advocates of constitutional carry. We called it Vermont carry way back in the day before I was around because Vermont was the only state that had it. They never imposed a permitting system on their people. But, but now we've seen uh, more and more states move to a to constitutional carry um and it's 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 thrilling just this year we've seen alabama uh indiana and ohio all move to uh pass constitutional carry legislation and it's really thrilling um we've seen in states that have moved to this you know constitutional carry legislation that they're oftentimes very safe places to be uh you know, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine are often considered some of the safest states in our country. They all have constitutional carry. So it really goes back Isn't to Isn't Vermont arm- a pretty liberal state? Yes, yes, which is really so interesting. They still support because, gun rights. That's interesting. Yes. You know, they, they like their, their socialized medicine but, and also like their guns. Now, sadly, a couple of years ago, <laughs> they, they, did, they, they did pass some uh, gun restrictions, but they, they still have constitutional carry. For the longest time, they were considered one of the most pro-gun states because they didn't have any state-level restrictions. Sadly, uh, they did, I think, after, after some shootings and over GOA's objections. But, um, but yeah, uh, but they still have constitutional carry. People can still carry a firearm as a matter of right, um, not privilege. And, 
and you know we've seen that you're you're better off. It, it you know we believe constitutional carry will make your state a safer and freer place, and that's why we advocate for it. So we're yeah, we're hoping that Georgia. Georgia is looking like it's it, it will become a reality as well. Fingers crossed. There is that going to be on the ballot in Georgia, or is that a legislative uh, vote? Typically, these are through the legislature, um, and uh, you know, in Georgia, it's it's working through the 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 legislative uh, process right now, um, and the governor has asked for it um, as well, so he he wants to sign it. Um, and speaking of governors, Ron DeSantis is actually calling for constitutional carry in Florida. Um, uh, they, the legislature didn't pass it in their regular session, so hopefully they will uh, take up a, a special session and pass constitutional carry because Ron DeSantis is, is wanting to sign it. So we're looking at at least two more states there that could you know, make the majority of states constitutional carry. Currently there's 24 states. If we had Georgia and Florida, that would tip the majority to uh, to constitutional carry uh, uh, in the majority of states, which would be incredible. So, right. Well, that's why these elections are so important. And folks, I'm telling you, elections matter. There's more than 40 million people who profess to be evangelical Christians who are not even registered to vote in the United States of America. And this is another issue where it matters. Uh, both Georgia and, so for our listeners in Georgia and Florida, both Georgia and Florida have governor's races this year. If we lose those governor's seats, then that means that these, this legislation it has to be signed. If, when it passes the legislature, it has to be signed by the governor. If he vetoes it or doesn't sign it, you know we're, we're out of luck. So please, please get educated on these issues, particularly in states where you have big elections this year and you have, again, governor's race in Georgia and in Florida. Uh, this year, so engage in that. Well, Jordan, Wyoming, uh, I think, has the second toughest Second Amendment sanctuary status in the country. What does it mean to be a Second Amendment sanctuary, and is that going to happen in other states, too? So, uh, you know, the Second Amendment sanctuary, that, that term means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but it, essentially it's a, it's a state of locality that has declared support for the Second Amendment. And and they vary wildly on their actual text and, and what they actually say. Some of them say, oh, we just like the Second Amendment, and then others actually have penalties and um, uh, actual inf- you know, infractions or, or consequences for those that violate the right to keep and bear arms. And at GOA, that's definitely what we advocate for, is, the, is, is Second Amendment sanctuary or Second Amendment preservation acts that – go along and actually have some teeth. And in Wyoming, which, you know, you think a state like Wyoming is, is pretty pro-gun. I, I've been to Wyoming, and there's a lot of gun owners in that state. Um, but, uh, you know, it didn't have one of these. And what GOA did, we, we helped pass. We, we think it's one of the strongest uh, uh, Second Amendment sanctuary laws in the country because it actually has penalties um, to where if someone does not does violate you know, it, uh, it infringes upon uh, the Second Amendment, they can actually impose a $2,000 fine as well as a year in jail. So hopefully that will make state and local officials or federal officials think twice before trying to take someone's guns. So, I hope so. Uh, it's, 
Yeah, it's kind of essentially these are a warning sign to the federal government to say, hey, don't take our guns. West Virginia just passed a what what we advocated for is the the Keep Bear and Drive Arms Act, which essentially uh, legalized loaded uh, rifle or shotgun in your car. Previously, you couldn't have a a loaded long gun in your car um, because you were assumed to be poaching, which I thought was kind of armed. Because if you were in downtown Charleston, West Virginia, you know you're probably not poaching. Um, but we advocated for that. We actually uh, partnered with our a local gun rights group and and got that bill across the uh, the finish line. And when that bill goes into effect about a month from now, uh, you can now defend yourself in your vehicle with a with a long gun if you choose to and that's just another freedom issue that you know gun owners we should have available to us uh for self-defense so yeah and that's a real problem jordan and i know y'all are working on this but you know as someone who travels all over the country a lot of time by vehicle uh laws vary from state to state and so it makes it difficult, uh, you know, maybe I can have a handgun in my car in this state or, you're, you know, West Virginia, you're talking about a rifle, but even a handgun, you know, if you go to some states, that's a crime. And and it's difficult to know what those laws are in those states, and I, I sure hope that that's an, uh, a legislative priority for y'all where somebody ought to be able to carry a weapon in their car because just like you have a right to defend your home, when you're in your car, that kind of can be your home as well you know, kind of the castle law almost. Um, and that's a problem across the country. Well, I know we don't have much more time left, but in the next couple of minutes, we're, right now President Biden has made an, um, a nomination of a Supreme Court uh, replacement on, on the Supreme Court, and uh, this lady is very, very liberal. Uh, does it matter who's on the Supreme Court and what their views are on guns and, and what specifically you think is going to happen with, with this uh, Supreme Court pick? It certainly does matter who was on the Supreme Court. Um, you know, the the Supreme Court sadly has, has got a lot more power than I think our framers uh, wanted them to have. But um, yeah, and uh, KBJ, as as some people like to call her, uh, she's smart because when she, when she was asked about her views on the Second Amendment. She said the Supreme Court has established that the individual right to keep and bear arms is a fundamental right, which to the, the common observer might think, oh, well, she might, must respect the Second Amendment. But when you actually break down what she says, it's, it's quite scary because, as I alluded to earlier, the government, even the Supreme Court, does not give you the right to keep and bear arms. That, that's a God-given right. So, so she's already way off on her, her, her assessment of the Second Amendment. And just because someone might walk the talk well um, during their, their hearings uh, doesn't mean they, they're not hiding anti-gun views. Because we know other uh, justices like Kagan and Soda Demeyer also you know, talked a, a pro-Second Amendment game during their hearings. So... We're having to pressure key senators like Joe Manchin and, and, and Tester and, and Cinema, the last few remaining you know, moderate Democrats, and trying to get them to hold the line and not support this. And it's an uphill battle, but something we're fighting tooth and nail. Yeah, I'm afraid we're going to be unsuccessful just because of the label, which has nothing to do with being a good judge, just because President Biden said that he was going to nominate a, uh, a black woman 
who evidently doesn't even know what a woman is. <laughs> I mean, if y'all are watching her well, well, we're not biologists, <laughs> Chris, so who are we to say what a woman yeah, is? Yeah, that, so. that's right. Well, Jordan, our, our time has run out. Uh, we need to have you come on again and give us regular updates of what's happening across the country. Folks, you can visit gunowners.org. That's gunowners.org. For only $25 a year, you can join the organization. Uh, they're doing a great job, and they could really use your financial support. Jordan, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm going to love to come on again. We'll, we'll definitely have you back. Folks, please listen to your favorite radio station. At the same time, each and every day, we have different guests addressing issues and the culture. Uh, thank you for what you're doing for us. Be sure to sign up for the Culture Engagement Summit at citizensforamericafoundation.com. Now let's go impact the culture for Jesus. Thank you for listening. The Christian Perspective with Chris Hughes. Learn more about impacting the culture for Jesus. Visit citizensforamericafoundation.com. This is the Truth Network.